Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers afternoon drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome in to another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, it is a feel-good Friday, although it's like a Saturday because the Steelers yeah, play no, tomorrow, so here we are. <laughs> it's not, what do you want to call it? Friday. What do you want to Fra- Friday, Friday, set. Fr- I don't know. No, don't know. it's Friday and Saturday <laughs> together for me. My wife was asking me, like, isn't you supposed to be your day off? I said, no, it's Friday. She says, yeah, it's the day, but it's the day before game. And I said, just means I don't get one this week, babe. That's that's all. Like that's there there, mm. there aren't any. It's been it's been many of these. You hate to see it, Alan. We did our best to not talk about quarterbacks at all for a good bit of the it's week. Not a very quarterbacky uh, last two days here. Yeah. Um, however, and and this won't be about Steelers quarterbacks currently on the roster, but I know you wanted to take a couple minutes here because there's been over the last week, like CBS predicted Russell Wilson would sign a three-year, thirty million dollar per year deal in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, a name that had also been linked to them was Kyler Murray. Jonathan Gannon went to bat for him remaining the Arizona Cardinals starting quarterback. Um, obviously, Kirk Cousins still rehabbing his injury. I don't you know what? After seeing the shirtless skull thing with him and his son, I'm a little bit more on board with that move now. But let's dive into these three names a little bit. Yeah. Justin Fields, too, I think, is the Justin other guy Fields that's as been, well, yeah. been talked about there. Look. I mean, first of all, 33 years, $90 million for like the corpse of Russell Wilson is such a horrendous contract that like I can't believe anybody would give him that money, let alone like regardless of whether you think the Steelers should be in that market, 
Russell Wilson is not going to get $90 million at 36 years old. Like unless somebody does something really stupid, but we literally just watched somebody do something really stupid with that player two years ago. I, I don't buy it. Um, so it's, I, I think I'm pretty skeptical of all of these names, maybe not cousins, but all the rest of them, right? Like, I just don't think the Steelers are in the, I don't get any sense from talking to people in the organization that they're in this place where they're panicking and, and feeling the need to go trade a bunch of first round picks to get a quarterback or something like that. Like, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. These don't feel like Steelers moves. If Kevin Colbert was still the general manager, I would be able to sit here and tell you there is no freaking way that they're even remotely considering doing any of those things. I guess mm-hmm. since we don't have as long of a tracker record with Omar, I'll hedge a little bit, but I would be very, 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 very doubtful that the Steelers are going to make some big splash move at quarterback this offseason. I've been talking to a lot of people the last two days, some of which were upset about our reporting about Kenny Pickett. Not that it wasn't true, just yeah. that it got out there. And that, um, look, I, I don't get the sense from people inside the organization that there is a lack or that there's a concern if they go into 2024 with Kenny Pickett as the presumed starting quarterback. I do think that they've identified a weakness with Mitch Trubisky. I have a really hard time seeing him come back. And I think they will mm-hmm. fill that third spot with another quality quarterback. I don't think it's going to be some seventh rounder or undrafted free agent. I think they'll either sign a veteran in free agency or they'll draft someone, you know, maybe late day two, early day three, something like that. But I, I, I just get the sense that they're okay with Kenny Pickett coming back as the presumptive starter um, if Mason Rudolph wants to come back, I expect that to happen. That's probably more his decision than it is the teams at this point. But I, yeah, I, I just, I think these, it, and that's not to say that Kenny Pickett is definitely going to be the starter. I'm just saying if the sense is right now that there's not a lot of people that would be upset with the idea of him coming back as a starter. Well, it's hard for me to get from there to trading mm-hmm. for Kyler Murray, trading for Justin Fields, signing Russell Wilson for a $90 million contract. Like if they do something else, I just don't think it's going to be something else crazy. Like that that's that's kind of where I'm at with this. And to me at least, whether that third quarterback added to the room or or is from like the draft or if we're talking about a free agency thing, to me, it's about Mason because, like, I've talked about the room being like Kenny. I keep throwing the name like a Jacoby Brissett type and then a mid round pick. But if Mason's taking the spot, maybe, of the Jacoby Brissett type in that role, then it looks like a draft pick. But at the same time, wouldn't you think somebody in the room kind of needs to have like some type of relationship with whoever the offensive coordinator is going to be, or at least played in a similar system? Like, or at least in an ideal situation, that would be the case. I think that's the ideal situation. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, you know, maybe there isn't one out there, you know, maybe there just isn't anybody available that fits that bill. Right. I mean, there's yeah. only the quarterback, yeah. so many coordinators, you can't just make them all fit. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, I, I think the draft is realistic and maybe even earlier than, than I talked about there, you know, if they're sitting there on, you know, day two and Michael Penix is there. Yeah. Okay. Maybe like, I don't know. I can see, I can see them. I don't. I think quarterback is too important to not continue to throw darts mm-hmm. at the dartboard. But that doesn't mean that you mortgage your house to buy darts. 
Like that that's that's what I think. Like you still have to go make efforts when you're not in a settled position of quarterback to improve. And I think they will do that, but I don't think it's such a dire circumstance that they're going to feel the need to go do something crazy, ignore all the other needs they have just to feel like they can shore up quarterback. And that's probably what you would have to do if you're talking about getting Kyler Murray or getting Justin Fields or like cutting four players so that you can afford to sign Russell Wilson, which is Mm -hmm. insane. Interesting imagery in my head as you were saying about the the darts, and then I was like, you know, maybe just like walking around with the only possession you have is a dartboard. Just darts, darts. Just darts. You don't, yeah, right? you're homeless. Just you got a dartboard though. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, Alan, what we haven't done uh, much of this week either is talk about the Steelers Ravens. We talked about the injuries, right? Trying to stay up to date and who the Ravens were going to roll out with everything kind of clinched for them, but we haven't talked about the actual game itself, what the keys to the game might be. Obviously, we would get into our predictions just one day before the game here. So that's what I want to do now. Steelers Ravens tomorrow, 4.30 kick. Uh, we have a pretty good idea of who we're going to see play for both sides now, so we can kind of get into that. Yeah, I think uh, we've got a pretty good idea who's playing, and it's not a whole lot of Ravens, but it's maybe more than we ex- expected. Um, Steelers, you know, we, we talked about their injury situation. The weather we've talked about, I think that's an important part of the conversation mm-hmm. surrounding this game. It looks like it's going to be miserable. I don't know if there's going to be feet of snow, but it's certainly going to be snow, wintry mix, rain, uh, really high winds. This really is starting to feel to me like a Najee Harris game. You know, um, actually, mm-hmm. John Harbaugh brought it up that – uh, soft conditions, grass field, you know, and I, I just thought about that and I'm like, Hmm, that doesn't seem like that's a Jalen Warren specialty. You know, that, that feels like a Najee Harris kind of game where, um, maybe the explosiveness is not there. You just kind of have to grind it out. This will be a big test of the Steelers offensive line to see if they really are better. Or if that was one fluke game against the Seattle Seahawks, because, Baltimore is playing most of their front seven. Patrick Queen, uh, Roquan Smith, Justin Matabuke, uh, Odafe Owe, Calvin Noy, uh, all those guys are, are going to – Jadavian Clowney, they're, they're all in for this one. So it's going to be best on best. You're going to have to run the ball, I think, to have success. And I think it's probably going to be Najee Harris. You know, one of the things we mentioned – over the season is I don't feel like the Steelers have done a very good job of identifying when one of their running backs has it. And when the other one doesn't, I think that will be a challenge for this game. If, if like, I think Jalen Warren might be the less uh, impactful of the two backs, given the conditions, will they recognize that early and go quickly to a heavy dose of Najee Harris? Can he continue the strong play he had last week? And can the offensive line keep blocking it to me? I think that really, tells the big part of the story of this football game. Najee Harris also 77 yards away, I believe, from 1,000 rushing yards on the season. Obviously, he would like to hit that number. I think the offensive line would like to get to that number for him. So I think there's going to be uh, a heightened interest for them to be able to to have success on the ground, specifically with Najee Harris in this one, for him to hit that number. Who on the offensive line? Because you're talking about, obviously, the Ravens' defensive line and the strengths there. A lot of those guys still going to be suited up. When you're looking at those matchups, though, like individually, um, who do you think has like the toughest matchup or which one are you circling going into it? Yeah, it's tough. The Ravens move guys around a lot, so it's not like this is a game where it's going to be a ton of just one guy on one guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the real key is 
is that when you saw the Steelers have a lot of running success against the Seahawks, one of the things you saw a lot of was getting guys to the second level. You know, there was a lot of Devin Bush getting blocked in that game. And obviously Devin Bush is not nearly as good as Patrick Green and Roquan Smith. But I think, you know, the key for the Steelers running game is can Justin Matabuke, Jadavian Clowney, uh, Michael Pierce, Travis Jones, uh, you know, the, the Brent Urban, the interior guys of that Baltimore defensive line, can they keep the Steelers guards from climbing to the second level? Guards and tackles, because sometimes they use Dan Moore in that role too, Broderick Jones in that role. Can they keep the Steelers offensive linemen from getting to the second level and getting hats on Queen and Smith? Because if they can, I think it can be another big running game for the Steelers. And if they can't, I'm not saying they can't win the game that way, but it's going to be, you know, very step-by-step, you know, two, three yards of carry, grind it out kind of thing. And um, I I think that's probably the big difference between the Steelers repeating that uh, offensive running performance from Seattle and not being able to. When you look at, you know, Baltimore secondary, Marlon Humphrey, Kyle Hamilton questionable, uh, obviously with – yeah, he's not going to play. With Darryl what George Worley Pickens has been able to IR, do. So he's out. I'm looking at the pass catchers here now. That's what I want to talk about next. George Pickens with what he's been able to do the last couple of weeks. Uh, Deontay Johnson, what type type of you know threat they propose to the Ravens defensive backs and how you think that matchup's going to go? Yeah, I mean, it's still a dangerous secondary. Geno Stone has a ton of interceptions. Yes. Ronald Darby is a, you know, he's not great, but he's a pro. He, you know, he can he can play. Um, Art Millette's a pretty good slot guy as well. Remember from before, uh, I think there's talent there. I don't know that there's anybody that the Ravens are going to feel good about covering George Pickens one-on-one. I think you're going to get some shade or some cover too, if they go lighter box, but I think probably some, some shade where there's only one deep safety, but he's shifted over to Georgia's side. That could open some things up for Pat Fryermuth down the seam. I also think the Steelers will have to move, um, Georgia round. They've done a really nice job of this recently. Stuff like slot fades um, where they've been able to get him into good position. And then Deontay Johnson will have to be a sticks mover. I think that's the big thing for, you know, if you know, it's going to be a slow and tight to the vest kind of game, you got to keep getting first downs and, you know, his ability to get open short will be key. He's going to have to be the sticks mover for this team to keep the offense on the field. I think I think the Ravens secondary is susceptible to be being, being beaten deep. I think they'll be aware of that. I think they'll try to give help to the outside. So I think maybe Friar moves up the middle or maybe Deontay Johnson are probably the better matchups for the Steelers. I was going to ask about Friar because I, I, looking back at the Seattle game, saw him obviously more incorporated than not at all compared to the previous week against Cincinnati. But still, Mason completed just passes to just four different guys. George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Pat Frymuth, Jalen Warren. Pat Frymuth had three receptions for 44 yards in that game. Obviously, was the only tight end to catch a pass. But I was going to ask how you felt you incorporate the tight ends into this matchup, if you were able to at all, with obviously who they have at off-ball linebacker in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, the quality of their linebackers makes it tough. I, I think you know, the, the one thing you can do with him is that you can take him deep, right? Um, uh, you know, I, I, I like Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen if they're covering Pat Frymuth in short areas. Uh, if he, they've got to go 30 yards down the field, I think that's probably not going to work out so well for them. And so, um, 
I, I think that's how you try to attack it with Farmouth. And then if all he does is clear space, you know, then maybe it's Deontay Johnson or Allen Robinson, you know, on some in-breaking stuff, taking advantage of the hole in the middle of the defense. Okay. Yeah, I I, I like it. Um, and then I, I guess Mason himself. We've talked about everybody in the offense besides Mason. Do you think Mason's <laughs> going to be able to replicate the things that he's been able to do the last couple of weeks? You know, it's interesting. I haven't seen – we haven't seen a ton of him playing in bad conditions as a Steelers mm. quarterback. Um, yeah. So – I, I went back and I, I kind of looked through some stuff and I recalled a game that uh, I covered. He threw for like a million yards against Pitt when he was at Oklahoma yeah. State in a disgusting thunderstorm. And uh, I didn't see a lot of hesitancy to throw the deep ball. I think if the Ravens give it, Rudolph's still going to throw it. The wind, maybe more so than the weather, might make that challenging. You know, deep ball is the one that's most affected by the wind, but that's a fully enclosed bowl stadium there in Baltimore. I don't know how bad the winds are going to be at field level. I think if the Ravens are going to give him deep shots, he's still going to take him. That's just his MO, it's his personality, and it's the thing he's probably the best at. So I don't expect them to, but if they do, I think he can take care of it. I think the bigger thing will be precision, medium and low in sloppy conditions with questionable footwork, um, you know, he's going to have to be precise finding Deontay Johnson and things like that and taking care of the football. I think that'll be the bigger challenge for Rudolph. See if he's able to do it. Um, not turning the ball over against this Baltimore defense has been the thing that has killed a lot of teams uh, and, and and saved a lot of teams. I think the reason the Steelers won that game early was that they did not turn the ball over when the Ravens did Joey Porter intercepts uh, Lamar Jackson in the end zone. They turn it down into points, and they get a victory out of it. I think that's really, especially in sloppy conditions, holding on to the football is key. Okay, well, let's let's flip it to the defense now. You just mentioned Joey Porter Jr. Actually, before that, I guess we should mention uh, they elevated for the third straight game, Eric Rowe and Miles Jack coming up from yep. the practice squad. Is that have is that any indication about Minka or Landon Roberts, or is that still – you still no, feel okay Those guys are playing guys? even if those two – play i don't know probably an indication that trenton thompson is not going to because you wouldn't need a safety if he was um so i expect the defense to be you know peterson and fitzpatrick at safety jack and roberts at linebacker work michael walker and mark robinson and behind there and miles killebrew and uh you know elijah riley and at safety and there's your there's your guys you know i i don't uh eric rowe um Maybe maybe Rowe or Riley or Darius Rush, you, you get two of those three, maybe, or, or or one of those three. I don't know how the, the numbers work, but um, you know, I think they've got enough guys that they I, I don't think that says anything about Fitzpatrick and, and uh Roberts playing. I expect them to both play. Gotcha. Okay. Um yeah, I mentioned Joey Porter Jr. Um in a matchup like this where I guess Rashad Bateman is kind of the de facto number one, assuming that like Zay Flowers, I don't know if he's been rolled out officially yet, but he was show, he was listed as doubtful. Um, so don't expect him to play. But no OBJ, no Zay Flowers. I guess Rashad Bateman is kind of the de facto number one. For a guy that has been shadowing, do you still kind of go with that with Rashad Bateman? Or do you not have him do that because you feel like there's not a guy worth shadowing in this matchup? We saw that against Green Bay where he didn't really shadow anyone specific in that game. And we saw it again in Arizona after uh, Hollywood Brown got hurt, where it didn't feel like he shadowed anyone specific. I'm interested to see because, um, you know, Bateman 
and Aguilar, I guess, are, would be the two outside guys. I, I don't mm. know that there's one – like, Aguilar is, to me, like the bigger deep threat. Like, I think if I was going to lean away, I would actually kind of put Porter on him. But I think the Steelers maybe just just play it straight and and not have him shadow one way or the other. Um, Bateman's a good player. He can hurt you. No question about that. But I'm just not sure that he's – it's necessary to to lock Joey Porter into one side that way for that matchup. Gotcha. Okay. What do we feel about the the prospects up front? You know, the Steelers' ability in the front seven, both in terms of being able to stop this rushing attack of the Ravens, whether Lamar's in there or not. We know Lamar's not going to be in this one, but they can run the football regardless. Um, and also getting to Tyler Huntley when he's dropping back. Yeah, it was um there's an interest I Gus Edwards I think is a is a key here for the Steelers and they've got to find a way to keep him from being kind of what I described Najee Harris like they've got to when he gets the ball mm-hmm. it can't be three yards in the pile going forward every time they've got to find a way to get penetration and to stop him in the backfield could be a big game for Keanu Benton in that regard I think he's probably the best upfield guy of the Steelers defensive lineman and you know if I'm trying to you know Look, we remember the game where TJ set the sack record, right? And it was Huntley in there, and it was like a shooting gallery. Yeah. Like, I just – I think if I'm Baltimore, I'm trying to run at him, not not let him pin his ears back. And I think that's um, that's probably going to be a part of their game plan because, you know, the, the one area that I do feel like maybe Huntley loses a good bit from Jackson – you know, the, the skill set wise are pretty similar guys, but I don't think he feels the rush nearly as well. And I think TJ, if he's able to get free, can really have another big game. Okay. Um, the one thing that I'm curious about, I know we kind of touched on the elevations already, but Miles Jack playing with the Landon Roberts at inside linebacker and Patrick Peterson playing with Micah Fitzpatrick, something we really haven't seen just because of the communication aspect of things. Is there concern from you at all in terms of that? Because obviously like, those are the best duos that we could have with the current status of the roster, but guys that really haven't played next to each other in that capacity, in those roles. So is there any level of concern from you in terms of the communication? No, I think that's vet guys that know what they're doing. I don't have any concern with communication at all. In fact, I think they'll be able to actually kind of do some more things than they have been now that they have that sort of, I mean, Minka obviously is just such a force multiplier where you can do so many different things when he's in the lineup that you can't do when he's not. But I just think in general, having now like multiple guys that are really good communicators, know what they're doing, veteran presences, I think you can get a little bit, more multiple than they've been on defense. They've been pretty vanilla the last couple of weeks trying to hold that center of the defense together. And uh, I will say, though, like Isaiah Likely, if you don't know who he is, he's the backup tight end to Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is out, likely from Coastal Carolina. His number's 80. The number of targets I think he's going to get in this game, likely 80, <laughs> just like it says on the back of his jersey, if I'm Baltimore, man, like I'm looking at who I've got a wide receiver. I know they're going to try to stop the run. And it's going to be tough sledding. I still like the matchup with Isaiah Likely, no matter how the Steelers are able to deploy their center middle of the field defenders. I think that might be where I'd go over and over again if I was John Harbaugh. Yeah, and that's probably, you know, the that's what I wanted to bring up next and and kind of lastly in terms of just looking at the defense and the the matchups for them because this would have been a week where like if you had a uh trenton thompson coming back if he were able to get back this week like maybe he would have made some sense to try to 
to neutralize him or, uh, you know, if Keanu Neal was on his way back this week. But, like, what is the solution for trying to slow down Isaiah Likely with what they do have available to them on this roster? I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess you try to play some zone. I, I don't, I don't think there's a good one. I think you, I think you have to just acknowledge that they're going to be better in that area and try to minimize it as much as you can. I, I, I don't, I don't see a lot. I mean, I guess you could put Minka on him and, and mm-hmm. try to keep him, you know, and, and play Patrick Peterson at center field. I guess that's how, if you were dead set to do it, that's how you would draw it up. But I'm not sure that's like the way I want to spend Minka Fitzpatrick's first game back after knee injury all the way up in the box for yeah. 50 snaps. Like, I, I don't know. I think it might just, might just be a weakness again this week. Well, I was going to ask, yeah, is it, do you try to like a high low, you know, with like two defenders one, but I don't know who the low is in this situation. Like if you had like a, a Quan Alexander or something available to you, or I brought up some other names that maybe you could do that. I just, I don't know what the, I don't know how you do it <laughs> with what's like on the Walker, roster. I guess it's probably, uh, yeah. the, it's probably yeah. the, the answer that they're going to come up with. Right. That's, that's mm-hmm. what I would like. He's like, you know, matchup size. Like he's the same size. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think he, I think he's probably the guy that you would feel the best about, but you know, yeah. Um, Alan, is there anything else? I mean, we want to get to the bold prediction. I want one bold prediction, and of course, the predictions for the score of the game. But is there anything else matchup wise that intrigues you or stands out to you on paper? Yeah, two of the best kickers in the AFC kicking in a wind. How could we not bring the up mud and the snow and the rain? I think that whoever kicks better between Justin Tucker and Chris Boswell in these conditions in this game should get to be the AFC's all pro kicker. Ooh, okay. Hey, there's some stakes right there for you. Right? I agree. I'm all for it. Um, okay, one, I need at least one bold prediction for this game. Najee Harris over 100 yards. I don't know. Is that bold? Um, I, I think he does it. He needs, what, 77 for 1,000. Uh, I yep. think he gets that and does more and keeps going. And uh, I don't, if that's not bold enough for you, I will take um, – Hmm. I will take a uh... man. I, this is tough because I'm not expecting a whole lot interesting to happen in this game. I'm 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 expecting there to be like a whole bunch of second and mm-hmm. seven, third and four, three yard pass punt. Uh, I'll go with this. Uh, Miles Killebrew makes another big special teams play. There you go. I like it. I like it. Uh, the Ravens are allowing 106 yards on the ground. So 100 yards for one player, I would say, yeah, that's bold All right. for me. But yeah, I like yeah. the, I like the Killebrew one as well. Um, Man, I'm kind of upset about you taking the Killebrew one because I was going through here like, what do I want mine to be? And if I very well could have landed on that. Oh, okay. I got it. Nick Herbig makes pretty much the exact same type of splash play as last week. All right. Whether it's, whether it's a forced fumble, whether it's a strip sack fumble, or just a forced fumble in general, he's going to make that type of play in this game. I like it. I like it. And somebody pointed out to me, because we were talking about the three outside linebacker stuff, uh, was it just yesterday because we got asked about it and like saying maybe more of a thing for 2024, 2025? Somebody pointed out to me that it was against the Ravens 
that uh, Alex Highsmith got his first career interception before getting his first career sack and said, watch for Herbig to do the same in this game. So I like that. That is bold, but I like that one, man. Yeah. Nick Mm -hmm. Herbig interception. All right. I like that, man. Hey, look, if you're really struggling with Isaiah likely, I can come up with worse options at 51. I'm just saying, like, I, I think that could work. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm intrigued to see it. I've been wanting to see more of him, obviously, not at the expense of TJ Water, Alex Highsmith, but any way that you can get him on the field, I am down for. So, um, all right, score prediction. I think the Steelers take care of business. I know it's not going to be easy. I know the Ravens are going to be a pain in the butt about this, but I think the Steelers can get it done. I think it will be low scoring, but maybe not as low scoring as people think. I'll say the Steelers win. 23 20. Ooh, okay. Um, I'm at 24 to 16, also for the Steelers. Um, I guess we should also give a prediction on here. Do they get in? Do they get the help that they need to put them into the playoffs? I don't know, man. There's a couple of coin flip games out there because, uh, Alan, realistically, like, I don't want to say it. This could be the last podcast we record talking about this Steelers. Yes, it could be. Um, I think they get in if they win. I think I I yeah. I think you got two coin flip games. I feel good about one of them going their way. Um, and I'll be honest, like everybody's kind of writing off the weird scenarios, but if you like, if you had to pick a game to tie this year, wouldn't it be these Colts against these Texans? <laughs> like they are just perfectly lined up, man. I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah, why not? Well, that would be sweet, right? Because if if that happens, if we win and that one happens, that's that puts us in, right? We wouldn't even have to wait until Sunday. And it'll be Saturday night. That, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, it'd be, yeah. It'd be all in on that. So we'd know prior to Sunday and not have to wait. I think it's the Titans beating the Jaguars. I can see it. I mean, uh, I'm buying into what Vrabel, how Vrabel's talking this last match. Ryan Tannehill is going to start Vrabel announced today. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that is a big difference. I I mean, Will Levis has been good, but it's not like he's, you know, I I don't know. It's just, I, I, on the surface, right? So maybe this is showing a lack of ballage. Just looking at the, on the surface stats for Tannehill, but that two to six touchdown interception rates, uh, I'm not, I'm not liking it. I'm no. not liking it. No, and although Will Levis has thrown a bunch of interceptions too, so I mean, I, sure. I'm but not... I feel like he's been more. He's also putting more points on the board. Like Tannehill's, yeah, been either conservative or turning the football over. Yes, yes. Uh, I think, I think I'm more confident in. I don't know. The thing about Miami is that they have played absolutely no one that they've beaten. Like it's such a bizarre schedule. Like, who is the best team that the Dolphins have beat? The Dolphins are un- Dallas. unbelievable. Dallas. Yeah, they beat Dallas, right? They lost mm-hmm. to Buffalo, or they lost to Buffalo. They lost to Philly. They lost to KC. They lost to Baltimore. They're kind of like one, one in f- four against sort of the better teams in the league. Every other game has been against a junk mm-hmm. team. If this game was in Buffalo, I don't yeah, think I, I, I don't think I would have a lot of faith. But I think the Dolphins can win it in Miami. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I'm not rolling it out because it is in Miami. If it was in Buffalo, I would say that's not happening. Like Bills have we, been we saw it already. I mean, we saw Bills it early are, in the season in Buffalo. The Bills are hot though. Like they're they're playing really good yeah. football right now. I, I don't. 
we we saw what Buffalo did in Buffalo to Miami when they weren't the best version of the Bills. And now I mean, we literally had a conversation two days ago about maybe the Chiefs are a better matchup for the Steelers than the Bills. So like I, you know, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I think I think one of them happens. I, I think I, I agree that the Jags losing is more likely. And I'm I'm maybe it's just wishful thinking. I'm not rolling out that tie. <laughs> I mean, we. I will be. I will be locked in, hoping for that tie. Um, very weird to sit through an entire football game just hoping that it ends with both teams scoring the same amount of points. Sitting there but... with your Roblo like NFL hat on, you know, like just, yeah. just, um, yep. just, just rooting for it. nothing. Yeah, don't score any points the entire time. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be a good. Um, uh, that'd be fun. Just like throw out, like throw out some common like single score bets like what 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 kind of odds you get on if if it ends in zero zero like i i'd be be all in on that yeah um i don't know i i agree though uh ultimately i don't even think that i ended up saying that but i think that they do get in assuming that they are able to take care of their own business on saturday which i predicted would happen so i'm predicting that the steelers do get into the postseason don't have time for questions but i wanted to get to one comment uh yesterday that uh was a suggestion that um and the Steelers, not cheerleaders, not uh, fan clubs, which was my idea, but that they mm-hmm. should have a hardcore fan area like the Black Hole in Vegas or the Dog Pound in Cleveland. Look, I think it's a good idea. They're probably going to be talking about doing some serious renovations to uh, Acrisure Stadium here as the lease ends at the end of the, you know, this decade. And I really think that like the idea struck a chord with me because you could take the same area and make it the student section for pit games and then make it like the uh, whatever, you know, for mm. Steeler games. And you could like no seats, like make it standing room only. You could make it like right down at field level. Like, you could make it crazy. And I think that would be interesting. As the, the stadium is, as the stadium is currently configured, I think that would be tough to do. But I think in the... You know, looking ahead that that's that's possible are we dead are we like dead set on it being like player centric or could it be like the steel mill and just have like a bunch could, of steely mcbeams could be whatever yeah guys <laughs> wearing hard hats i don't know you know it's something uh just I, I actually i said that and then i immediately regretted it because i do not want to see more than one steely mcbeam what if it's just not people in the Steely McBeam costume, but just dudes wearing nothing un- under overalls? Got worse. <laughs> got worse. Where's the, are you? You know the um the uh, Big Ed Vega, who was the Steelers fan. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Just just dress like him. Like I think that's the way it should look. Like right. Like just okay. yeah. Ed's my guy, so I'll yeah that that would work. That would yeah. Work. Just just a bunch of that. Okay. Uh. Alan, this is a uh, different way that we've wrapped up this show. Um, didn't know that the conversation would take a turn this way, but should have seen it coming that we would pull down a side street on the afternoon drive and go this route. Uh, but tell the people where they can find you. At a Saunders underscore PGH, PGH Steelers now, SteelersNow.com. You can find me on uh, Interstate 70 for most of the day tomorrow until about uh, we get there. Uh, fingers crossed that we do. And then you'll find me at MT Bank Stadium in Baltimore. And then I don't know. We're going to find out. Yeah, we will find out. Who knows what the conversation is going to be like uh, following this game on Saturday, which we hope is not the last game that the Steelers play uh, this season, but it could be. uh, So we will obviously see. But until then, 
like subscribe hit that notification bell hit us in the comments with your predictions how you feel about anything that we talked about in here we want at least one bold prediction from everybody as well we got a lot of nick herbert stuff this week so keep it rolling with him i guess uh leave us a five-star review if you're listening somewhere else apple spotify whatever platform that might be but until next time for alan saunders and myself thanks for jumping in taking another ride on the steelers afternoon now's the time to save 30 percent on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com. make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands all hand finished and graded for excellence or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings blue niles jewelry experts are available 24 7 to help from fit questions to style advice right now get up to 30 percent off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Drive.